A successful retirement plan begins with assembling the right set of tools. Finding the proper ones for the job will allow you to drill down on your goals and nail down your future. Scott Searles, certified wealth strategist and owner of Skybox Financial Group, constructs retirement plans for clients every day and will share that knowledge and insight with you. It's time to open the retirement toolbox and get to work. Well, hey there, and welcome to another edition of the Retirement Toolbox. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Scott Searles, financial advisor and president of Skybox Financial Group, serving you in the greater Cleveland area, also with an office in Bradenton, Florida. Uh, you can find us in uh, online by going to skyboxfinancialgroup.com. That's skyboxfinancialgroup.com. Great opportunity there to learn about some great resources, tap into some things that you need to know when it comes to financial and retirement planning, and listen to past episodes of the show Scott, great to have you along with us this week. How you been this last couple of weeks? Uh, great, Walter. Well, you know we're starting up up here in Cleveland. We're getting cold now, so you know we got to wear coats and and hats and uh, <laughs> bundle up. Uh, you know I love the change in seasons. I love the fall; it's probably my favorite. Uh, but then it goes in the winter, and uh, you know I don't mind the cold. But the problem is in Cleveland is it is literally dreary from October through March. I mean, there's barely not a lot of sun. It's always overcast and, and it gets kind of depressing. Yeah, I can understand that. Although if it's going to be cold, I'm of the mindset, if it's going to be cold, let it be dreary. To me, I hate the days when it's like really cold outside, but bright sunshine. And you're like, ugh, what a, what a waste of sun. Like I, I want to go sit in the sun and enjoy that warmth but yet it's freezing outside. So I'd rather just be kind of dreary and that, you know, cuddle up under a blanket and put the fire on kind of day anyway. Well, the Cleveland weather's for you then. Yeah. Because yeah. That, we, got, we got plenty of that <laughs> this time of year. Or, or let it be hot and uh, let, let me go boating down in Florida, you know, at the other office. So you, you have the best of both worlds, you know. If you get yeah, too dreary, yeah. you just escape down to the, to the Bradenton office. Yeah, if it were just that easy, you know. I just, <laughs> I'm, honey, I'm leaving now. You need the private jet, so it's just real easy to hop back and forth, right? Yeah, not quite there. Not, not, <laughs> not quite not there. Yet. It's on the list. I, it's on the agenda, right? I'm just trying to move out of economy class on the airplane. So. <laughs> Get up to a, to a first class flight, or uh, that's right. At, at least, least one of those class or one of those flights that has gives you the extra two or three inches of space, you know. Right, where they give you, where you can get more than one bag of nuts and you don't right. have to pay you for You get the pretzels it. and the nuts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, very good. Uh, we've got a great show on the way, even if it's uh, getting colder outside. We'll heat things up here on the podcast today. We're going to talk about uh, a couple of good things. In fact, we've got a good mailbag question to kind of close out the show today that's going to come to us from Thad. And Thad's uh, thinking about trying to get to the million-dollar mark in his savings before retiring. So we're going to talk to him a little bit about that. Uh, we're going to find out, uh, as we get to know Scott a little bit better on today, uh, we're going to get to learn about Scott's first pet and uh, much more on the way as well. But main topic of our conversation today, Scott, oh, and by the way, we'll have movie and TV review at the end of the of show course. as well, as we always do. Um, but we're going to talk today mostly, uh, we're going to take a little break, Scott, from all the like, you know, really deep financial and retirement uh, planning conversations and just have a little bit more fun on today's show, a little change of pace. You mean uh, everybody doesn't enjoy talking numbers all day long like me? Well, you know, I, I mean, I, you know, you and I love spreadsheets and looking at those kinds yes. of things, but not everybody's like us, right? <laughs> um, now, we've got, we've got a list of the top 15 places to retire 
as announced in the year 2020. Uh, this is from the U.S. News and World Report. And so I'm just curious, Scott, we're going to run through the list of these 15, and uh, I'm curious to kind of hear your reactions to these, and I'd like to explore sure. a little bit about just sort of, you know, you meet with a lot of clients, a lot of people who retire, and probably do look to escape maybe some of the dreary Cleveland weather. I'm curious where your clients tend to go retire off to, or if they maybe do the split house thing, you know, half the year in Cleveland, maybe half the year in another location, something mm-hmm. along those lines. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll uh, have some good conversations about those things. Uh, a little bit about the rankings. So U.S. News and World Report. The rankings are based on the following metrics. Happiness of local residents. Okay, so we're already pretty subjective there, as I don't even know what their measurement of happiness was. Right, right. Uh, tax rates. Okay, that's a little bit more objective. Housing affordability. And then healthcare quality. That was the uh, that was the list. Should we go fifteen to one and then reveal one, or or start with number one and then just work our way through? Well, that's how the professionals do it, don't they? They start at fifteen and kind of build the drama back. up a little bit, right? That's yeah, right. Let's do that. Okay. All right. So Daytona Beach, Florida, came in at number fifteen. That one's a little surprising. Not so much the Florida as hint hint. There's going to be a lot of Florida on the list, but right. I don't think of Daytona Beach as like a retiree destination. Well, you know, it's it seems unless you like NASCAR racing. Well, that's true. Uh, that's yeah, true. I mean that, that's obviously or and they have a big you know the Daytona Bike Week down there. I mean there'd be a lot of things to attract certain people, but yeah, I mean it seems like more like a vacation kind of destination. And it's been a while since I've been over to Daytona Beach. Uh, as everybody knows, when I go down to Florida, I'm usually on the Gulf Coast. Uh, but yeah, I mean I wouldn't have. I mean, besides being in Florida, because obviously the affordable tax rates down there and, the, you know, the quality and the nice weather, that's got to contribute to that happiness, I would think, of, of residents. So, yeah, I've been to Daytona Beach twice. The first time uh, was actually no three times. The first two times were when I was at middle school and I went with my grandparents down to visit my great aunt, Anna Benda, great aunt, Anna wow. Benda. Um, she was just the sweetest lady, had a little house there in, um, in Daytona and had a bunch of armadillos in her backyard. I remember just being fascinated sitting at the, uh, at the back deck watching armadillos. <laughs> and it was the first time I'd ever seen anybody eat dinner at 4 PM. And I remember just being blunt and my parents grew up, we grew up eating dinner at like, you know, nine, 10 o'clock at night. They, my parents still eat like Europeans at like 10 o'clock at night. And so I remember getting down to her house and, uh, we ate dinner at four o'clock with it like bright sunshine outside. I was like, "What planet are we on? This is bizarre." Wait, is this lunch? Or? Yeah, I, I, my body was so confused, uh, and then I was like starving by the time we got to like eight or nine o'clock. But you're in middle school, like my grandparents are asleep. Your great aunt is asleep. I'm alone in this you know old house, and I'm like starving at seven p.m. Like, what's, <laughs> what is a kid to do? You know, it was exactly. Uh, it was funny sounds stuff. like me now. I'm starving all the time. <laughs> That's right constant appetite. But I just remember Daytona being just packed with young folks. Um, Mm -hmm. I was always blown away at the size of the beach, though. A really, really wide beach. And that always blew me away. Uh, Just how much space there was. Like Most of the beaches I've gone to, you throw a football from the dunes, you can hit the water. But not the case at Daytona Beach. It's super wide. So that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next we have on the list, the opposite of Florida. We're going to go all the way up to Manchester, New Hampshire. Number 14 on the list. Kind of interesting. Well, you know, I've never been to New Hampshire at all. Uh, you know, I've just driven through it on the way to Maine. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, I heard it's really beautiful up there. It's not certainly I wouldn't think in the, you know, the winter months in New Hampshire probably are not, you know, 
all that fantastic. But uh, yeah, I'm myself. I don't know a whole lot about Manchester, yeah. New Hampshire. Yeah, I, I know a few people who live up there, but haven't uh, you know haven't visited uh, anything in New Hampshire other than driving through it just for a couple of seconds. It's a very skinny part of the state that we drive through on uh, on the way to Maine. But right, I'm sure it's pretty. I know my grandparents who live in Maine go to New Hampshire as part of their yearly uh, yearly tour of the leaves. Um, so apparently, if you, as you drive through kind of the center part of the state, which is where Manchester kind of is, um, it gets very beautiful there in the fall. So yeah. something maybe worth adding to the list if you ever want to do a fall leaf peeping trip. Oh, I bet, I bet, I bet it'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, then we've got Jacksonville, Florida, at number thirteen. I can see that one. Big boating area. You get kind of that benefit of being in Florida without going too deep into Florida, so you still get a little bit of like the seasons and a little bit milder climate. Right. If you end up driving home, I mean, if there's any part of Florida, you know, that that's relatively easy to get to would be Jacksonville because yep. you, you take, what is that, 95 that runs all the yep. way down? 95 right down to yeah, Jacksonville. Way, yeah. And I, I know we used to vacation in Brunswick, Georgia at St. Simon's Island, Jekyll Island, that whole area oh, down so there. Right, right down the road from Jacksonville then. Yeah. So we were real close down southern Georgia and we would actually... We would go down into Florida and go down to Jacksonville. We did that a couple times just to check it out because it, well, it's not that far. And uh, yeah, I've never stayed there. Yeah, I totally get the Florida thing, obviously. Yeah, we stayed in a hotel once. I've heard from folks who live in Jacksonville that uh, Amelia Island is a great place to check out. So we're adding that on our list of places to go noodle around at some point as we make our next trip to Florida at some point. I've uh, heard that too. Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be nice. Uh, Nashville is on the list at number 12. Nashville, I'm actually surprised it wasn't higher because I feel like everybody's moving to Nashville these days. Yeah, and and it's an awesome city. I, I know a couple people, a couple of clients that have moved down there, and not in Nashville proper, but in, in suburbs of Nashville. But, yeah, it's a fun city if you love music. Obviously, there's a lot of places to go. And, you know, bourbon, if you like bourbon, you know, all that type of stuff down there. It's a, it's a really nice, and it's, it's a really pretty city, too. I, I, don't, I don't get the Nashville love. Like, I didn't, I didn't think it was all that special when we went. I've been a couple times. It's just like a normal city, but it's, you know, it doesn't have, like, I don't know, a big body of water. I like water a lot, so I guess that's just, if it's too yeah, far you, away from water, then it's tough for me to get excited about it. Yeah, and, you know, they do have some pretty darn good Nashville hot chicken sandwiches. So well, maybe that. that's what I've been missing out on then. <laughs> you, I need to, you, I need to get need some to chicken sandwiches, that. it sounds like. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a huge country music guy, so that's probably a part of it, and uh, not much of a drinker as well, so that probably is is why it doesn't pop as much maybe to yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I got to be closer to an ocean, I think, is my is my problem, or a, a great lake, you know, that'll count as an ocean. Yes. Uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, number 11. I can I can certainly see that, you know. it's It kind of feels like Daytona Beach, <laughs> but just a little further north up the coast. Yeah, well, I think the thing with Myrtle Beach, it's easy to get to. You know, it's a, I think it's from Cleveland. I mean, we just went there over the summer. and uh, For such a little airport, they got a lot of flights coming in and out of there. They do. But, and from Cleveland, it's a seven-hour drive, which is something you can do. Is that really it? That seems like it'd be so much further, but. Well, maybe it's nine. Whatever. It, it's not that. You can do, it's a one-day trip where you don't need to. You know, do the twenty-four hour drive to Florida kind of thing. Yeah, um, I guess you're what seventy-seven all the way all the way down, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. And uh, but 
Myrtle Beach, I mean, the beach is nice. The weather's good. It's going to get colder, though. You know, in the winter, you're not going to the beach in January in Myrtle Beach. Yeah. I have been in Myrtle Beach uh, for several years in a row, spent a week in, the week before Christmas at Myrtle Beach. Um, when I was doing college basketball broadcasting, we had a yearly tournament down in Myrtle Beach the week before Christmas. So I know exactly what Myrtle Beach is like in December, uh, late December, and I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, all the crowds were gone. Uh, the beaches were still really cool. The birds were just out in full force, and it was neat to watch them. But, yeah, you're not exactly uh, suntanning in, in December down there. No, no. I mean, it, it does certainly get chilly. But you got golf everywhere, and that I can see why it's top 15 on this list. As Absolutely. People you, you can golf 24 hours a day, I think, there. Yeah, it definitely can. <laughs> and I will say it's usually warm enough even in those winter months to get out and, and still enjoy a round of golf. Because I remember a lot, of, a lot of people on the trip would go golf while we, uh, while we, you know, in between the off games of the basketball tournament, they'd get out and golf. A little chilly if it's a bit windy, but for the most part, if you got a little bit of sun, it still warms up enough during the days to, to really go out and enjoy it year-round. Uh, back to Florida as we hit the top 10. Uh, we've got Melbourne, Florida. In fact, I'll rattle off two in a row. Melbourne, Florida, and Miami, Florida come in at 10 and 9. Obviously, we're going to just see more representation, I think, of Florida as we go through. Right, both on the coast side there. I mean, Melbourne, I've not been there. I've been close. I mean, I've been to Cocoa Beach and Port Canaveral, uh, you know, which is pretty, pretty close to Melbourne, but I haven't made it down to Melbourne. But obviously, again, you know, having the sun, you know, it's far, Miami is, is down there where it's really warm all year long because that's so far south. Uh, I've only been to Miami a, a couple times. You know, I've, I've been to uh, Fort Lauderdale right above there. Mm -hmm. So uh, I've done Coral Gables where yeah. the uh, University of Miami is. Yep. And, uh, but I mean, it's just beautiful, nice and warm down there. And then obviously, you no know, state taxes. Uh, housing, housing affordability, I always imagine it was kind of expensive down there in, in Miami, but I really don't know for sure. Yeah. I just remember uh, always being down in Miami in, in January or February when we would play the Miami Hurricanes, and uh, my goodness, it would be hot down there <laughs> even for January or February. would be sweating through, sweating through the clothes. Uh, it was yeah. always so funny getting on the plane. And uh, being in, you know, complete winter, decked out winter clothes, and you get off the plane and you start sweating right away and you got to, you know, strip back down to the shorts and a t-shirt. All of a sudden, as soon as you arrive, the body didn't, didn't know what to do in those, in those situations. It's pretty funny. Uh, I, I like Cocoa Beach a lot, which you mentioned kind of being right near uh, Melbourne. I uh -huh. thought Cocoa Beach was really pretty. We, we didn't stay the night there, but we took a day trip out to the coast when we went to Orlando one time and did a beach day at Cocoa Beach. And I thought it was a really pretty, pretty area. Yeah, I mean, when we, we went there, we were staying in Orlando, and uh, we were doing the Disney World thing, and one day we shot over, we went west and went over to Clearwater Beach, and then one time we shot east and went over to Cocoa Beach. <laughs> I wonder if we were there at the same time, Scott. We did the ex exact same thing. <laughs> and uh, it was uh, Cocoa Beach, I don't know, because of when we were there or something, there just wasn't... There was barely anybody there. Yeah, it was empty when we were there, too. And, uh, I mean, the beach seemed nice. Not like Clearwater Beach. I mean, not that white. It's not that white, sandy beach. It's right. more of that, you know, more like a Myrtle Beach kind of yep. beach. Yeah, that, you know? those, that Atlantic side definitely has a different, a, a good feel, similar feel to it all the way up and down the coast. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, but I was surprised with the lack of people in it. You know, it's not as touristy as like Clearwater is. Right. Yeah. Much more residential. Uh, you got to yeah, kind of make an effort is. to get out there, you know. Right. So. But that maybe that's why it's not on the list. Yeah, that's probably why. Although, you know, it's kind of close to Melbourne, so. It, it is. Maybe it's by proxy. It's kind of in that neighborhood. Uh, then we get to Asheville, North Carolina, as we break into the top eight here, Scott. A um, lot of good breweries in Asheville, close to the mountains, Biltmore Estates nearby. Yeah, I mean, that's down there in your neck of the woods. Nice. I have only drove through uh, Asheville, you know, between Knoxville and Charlotte, I guess, but... Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know if I've ever actually uh, stopped there and been there, so I can't comment. You'll have to do uh, Biltmore one day next time you're passing okay. through. Get some tickets. Go check out Biltmore. It's it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool property. It's just really neat to see. We did it uh, one year. It was just uh, it was just nice. Uh, there's some some great breweries out there where they just do an awesome job of like it's the kind of brewery that's set out in the woods, and so they've got outdoor fire pits and cornhole everywhere, and uh, you can just you know really spread out and enjoy yourself. And they they turn like the brewery experience there into an all day hangout kind of place. Um, right. Okay. So it's yeah, neat. I mean that that's right up. That's kind of. You know, right in my wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. And then you got the Blue Ridge Parkway that kind of cuts right through it, so you can go check out Mount Mitchell or, um, you know, you're not too far from some of the the hotter mountain spots in that area of North Carolina as well. So it's a good spot. You're kind of in the middle of a lot of cool things, not too far from Charlotte, hop across the border to Tennessee, got the cities of Knoxville and Chattanooga not too far away. Mm -hmm. So I can see why that would be attractive to some folks who might be less of the Florida mountain type and more of the uh, Florida beach type and more of the mountain type. So Yeah, I was going to say, I haven't seen it many mountains in Florida. Yeah, but yeah, not, not a whole lot. <laughs> real, real small mountains. <laughs> uh, we've then come to Ann Arbor, Michigan, one that kind of comes out of left field. Never saw this coming. First of all, I don't know why anybody would want to go to Ann Arbor because the University of Michigan's there. Uh, <laughs> I can't imagine me, you got a lot of clients that, uh, that that like hopping over to Ann Arbor very often. Yeah, not me being a, a Buckeye guy. But uh, no, I mean, I didn't see this one coming. I mean, I've been to Ann Arbor and I like, I mean, Michigan's beautiful, but Ann Arbor's, I mean, it's more of a bigger city. I, I don't, I don't know. I guess just being a big college town, maybe that's what's attractive. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's outside the, uh, you know, it's not too far from Detroit, which, you know, that's, I don't know if there's much of an attraction to Detroit. And I, you know, yeah, I didn't see this one coming, but, you know, it must be, uh, it's not a far drive from Cleveland. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're going the opposite way. You're getting colder. Yeah. Um, maybe the housing affordability helped it r- come up the ranks a little bit. Maybe or some or some good quality healthcare too. Yeah, because that was something they were looking at. I Being mean, in the big co- college town like that. Yeah, they've got to have some you know good good. Hospital. The study was also done before football season started. So, <laughs> Ooh. yeah, yeah. I don't know if Jim Harbaugh is going to retire to Ann Arbor. Their, their happy, their <laughs> happiness levels were probably higher before the beginning of the season, so maybe yes. they were overinflated that way. Yes. All right, we'll quit ragging on Michigan there. Uh, back to really? Ocala. I'm, enjo- I'm enjoying. We, it. we can keep going. We can keep going. Uh, back to Ocala, Florida, for uh, number six on the list. I don't know anything about Ocala. Well, you know, I do know it's. It's more northern. It's it's not a beach city. It's kind of right in the middle above yeah. Orlando. 
I've never been there. I have clients that you know that are retired and live down in the villages, which isn't too uh, far away, right? Which not too far away from there. But I've never been to Ocala, Florida. Obviously, though, you know, weather's going to be better. It is farther north, you know, in Florida, so it's going to be, you know, a little bit of, of less hot, yeah, winters. But uh, yeah, not I'm, too far I from Gainesville, right? Yeah, it's not. So, but that was a little surprising, though. Interior Florida, I wouldn't think so much of. Uh, being as popular, but no, there it is. All right, we reached the top five, and another one out of left field, Lancaster, or no, no, my Pennsylvania people are going to get on me, Lancaster. You got to kind of just like spit it out, <laughs> not Lancaster, but Lan- Lancaster. Lancaster, Pennsylvania is uh, on the list as the number five destination, uh, kind of just outside of the, uh, uh, what, Harrisburg area is Lancaster? Yeah, you know, and I've been, I actually have been to Lancaster, I've been to downtown Lancaster, though not uh, not for too long. I uh, <laughs> Did, didn't want didn't want to overstay your welcome. It sounds like I you're you're right. So basically, my daughter had a lacrosse tournament in Maryland, in Bel Air, Maryland, which is north of Baltimore. So the hotel was right. And and for those of you don't who don't know where Lancaster, however way you Lancaster. Said it, <laughs> Lancaster, <laughs> like like you're coughing it out, kind of is what they say. Lancaster, <laughs> it, it, it's in the southeast corner of PA, so it's right on the border of Maryland, right on the border of Delaware. It's close to Philadelphia. Uh, it's closer to Harrisburg than Philadelphia, but it's that southeast corner, and they're known big, big, huge uh, Amish uh, kind Amish of territory. Country, yeah. Yes. Yes. But we drove through there on our way to Maryland. It was night, and it's an old kind of a kind of reminds me a little of kind of like a Savannah, Georgia kind of looking thing. This old, really neat buildings, and for some reason, again, this is I think a Friday night. We're rolling through there at like nine at night, and there were people all over the place outside, just walking around, and. Yeah, I again I don't know much more of it besides that, but it, I mean it's pretty. It's pretty territory out there. Nice, nice views, and maybe if you want kind of the slow, relaxing kind of retirement place, that may be the place to go. It's also uh, very close to um, a town called Bird in the Hand, which is it really? It's pretty cool. Yeah, just huh. uh, just east of Lancaster, you have wow. Bird in the Hand, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Did you know that, or do you have Google Maps? I have Google Maps there? open. Oh, okay, yeah. See, <laughs> it sounded like I knew I knew about it though, didn't it? <laughs> it yeah, popped yeah. up. I said, "What is this? Bird in the hand?" I got, oh, I got to I got to call you out on that. You one, did. You that, that's me. not that's not a fact. I don't think many people know. You caught me. I thought I was dropping a good fun fact that made me sound smart, but nope, not the case. No, you don't get anything by me. <laughs> uh, by the way, the Amish in Pennsylvania have amazing cheesecake. And uh, they also make these awesome, like, little, I don't know what you call them, like, uh, pepperoni or, I mean, they'll stuff them with all sorts of different things. But basically anything that's got bread and some meat and some cheese in it um, and all in some combination with one another folded and rolled together, delicious. Um, Pretzels, anything bread or cheesecake related, amazing. I'm I'm a big fan of that right there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So there we go. We're in the top five. Uh, Let's go to number four. Okay, all four top spots are Florida. So okay. I'm going to give four, three, and two all at once here. We have Naples, Port St. Lucie, and uh, Fort Myers are our four, three, and two recipients of the uh, top places to retire in 2020. 
So Fort Myers and Naples, obviously very close to each other. They can almost be counted as one there. Yep. But Port St. Lucie, south of Melbourne down there, I haven't, I haven't been there myself. But it's, isn't it by Juniper? Like almost uh, over in that area over there. Uh, and I think Ju Jupiter. It's north of Jupiter. Yeah. Jupiter. The Juniper. Was there is a Juniper, flower? Florida. Where is where is Juniper? Yeah. There is a Juniper, Florida, I think. I thought it was all kind of over in that area. Oh, you're right. Maybe. Juniper is right next to Jupiter. Okay. Yeah. See? Yeah. See? Or no, we're, we're, Google just corrected me. I put in Juniper and it said, <laughs> no, you meant Jupiter. <laughs> so maybe there isn't a juniper florida <laughs> all right i thought there was some. i don't know I'm going, I'm going we're going crazy jupiter juniper whatever it's all the same thing <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so i mean that's obviously atlantic coast but fort myers naples i mean just beautiful down there that whole area is really really nice i totally see that naples and and fort myers seem you know wealthier nicer areas definitely vacation destinations you got marco island down there off naples which is beautiful uh down just as far south basically as miami but on the other side of the state and uh yeah it's beautiful i get both those places for sure yeah not far from the everglades um if you like to it's check true. that out or want to make frequent trips down to the keys i could see that uh, but yep. it takes us to our number one spot can it top the number one area according to the top places to retire we have arrived and it is drum roll sarasota florida wow imagine that the home uh the second office of skybox financial group right <laughs> that's pretty cool isn't it it is. It is. Now, technically, we are in Bradenton, but, you know, it's all considered the greater Sarasota area. So, mm -hmm. and it's beautiful. I mean, the, uh, I can understand why people move down there. Number one, it's, uh, it's a real growing area. You've got the tax rates, which there's no state tax rates. Housing is affordable, but there's a bunch of construction happening. I mean, there's a lot of people moving down there. Good quality health care there. I mean, beaches, you've got Siesta Key, which is always voted, if not the best, one of the best beaches in the country, uh, is right there outside Sarasota. Uh, you were just down there, I think, a couple months ago vacationing. You, you know how nice it is, Armand yep. Circle. We did there. the Anna Maria Island there at the kind of the north uh, north tip of that whole region and checked out Bradenton and Palmasola Bay and did a lot of boating all through that area. It was, it was a blast. We're, we're pretty hooked, Scott. We've been looking at houses down there now and starting to daydream <laughs> about years into the future, maybe, uh, maybe setting aside some dollars to, hmm, could we potentially retire or, uh, you know, even move down there before retirement? and live mm -hmm. that sort of boating beach lifestyle a little bit more. We, we, were, we loved it. We just have had a blast every time we've gone down. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, I love it down there, too. It's close to Tampa, St. Pete, you know, Clearwater, thousands of things to do. You know, nice area. It's not super touristy. It's not like a – but you can get in the super touristy area if you want. And uh, I've, it's funny. I, you know, I've talked to my wife about – you know, getting a house down there obviously makes sense for me, you know, because I have in the office down there. But the uh, my wife's comment is they have alligators. <laughs> I'm like, well, yes, they do. That's true. But and you know, all the times I've gone down there for work, it's not like I've seen an alligator walking, you know, across the street or anything. Right, right. But wherever there's water, you have to assume there's an alligator. I told her so you know, inland waters. Right. So, uh, 
you know, she she's not a fan of that. She's afraid that she's going to go out in the backyard to walk the dog and a gator's going to be heading across the backyard, which, which is entirely possible, but it is right. not. I mean, I you know, it's... Uh, you can put a fence in the backyard, keep them out. You right? can. I mean, most of yeah. the houses have the little lanais around the pool so you don't wake up in the morning with a gator taking a nap. That's right, in your pool. Yeah, exactly. So... I love it. I, I think, um, you know, you obviously have more experience um, and certainly many more visits down there. But uh, to us, it was it's just been like the perfect mix. We've obviously been in vacation mode down there, but uh, it's been kind of that perfect mix of quiet and slower paced enough to not feel like you're living in a huge city, but still right. lots to do. Places to go, eat, things to do all through Bradenton, Sarasota, that whole region. And then you're just a hop, skip, and a jump across from, from Tampa if you really want to go mm-hmm. in the big city direction and with all of those amenities. So you're kind of close to all that, but still a little bit more of that residential, slower-paced feel. So I think that combination is really nice. You know, and I've obviously had a lot of clients retire down there, have a lot of clients in that area. And, you know, I think that, you know, one thing on this list that kind of surprised me is I thought there might be like an Arizona in there somewhere. That is true. Uh, yeah, I, I, I why thought not. I've had a lot of clients that I've helped, uh, you know, save up and, and get their you know their retirement home out in uh, in Arizona. So I, I'm surprised that there's uh, there was no Arizona on the top fifteen. Yeah, I thought for sure we would have had a uh, Scottsdale or something like yeah. that pop up on mm-hmm. the list or Mesa, yeah, Tempe, mm-hmm. yeah, something like that. But you know, I, I think that what a lot of people end up doing with Florida, at least in our area, it is one of those things where I have a lot of clients that are kind of snowbirds, right? They love the summers here in Cleveland because the summers are, are beautiful. They're, you know, in the 70s, 80s, sunny, perfect temperature, perfect summers in Cleveland. And you've got the lake here. And then summer in Florida is just hotter than all get out right? I mean, even Sarasota, I mean, it it gets really warm. So I have a lot of clients that'll go down there in the winter and, you know, they enjoy it throughout the winter months and then come back home. So I think Florida is something where you can pack the car up and, you know, take a couple day trip and go back and forth between maybe Cleveland. I think a lot of the East Coast people have that same mentality too. You know, anywhere on the East Coast, you can get yourself down to Florida, get all your stuff moved. Driving out to Arizona is a much bigger ordeal from the East Coast. Yeah, that's as opposed. A good point. So, so, you know, that, that may be the point, too. Because I have clients a couple times a year, they're moving. I mean, they have stuff down there, but they're, you know, they're throwing all their clothes and, you know, six suitcases and, and, and heading down there. Uh, a a the, mini move twice a year. Exactly, exactly. I'm surprised there wasn't a panhandle location on here because I would think that that would also be very easily accessible, like a Pensacola or something like that, or Panama City, Destin, yeah. uh, just because of you know the Midwest being so easy, much easier to make that you know one-day trip down to the panhandle than going further in. Right, Florida. well, but, you know, it's... Uh... Yeah, that's on the spring break top 15 list. That's right. <laughs> that's and true. De- Destin's beautiful. Yeah, but a, a uh, little younger younger population maybe. I, I think it is, yeah. yeah. There's there's a lot to do there, but it's, uh, yeah, that's on, on the spring break top 15 list for sure. 
from a planning standpoint, does it make anything uh, tougher or you know more difficult for you as a planner or for the clients who are trying to accomplish these goals of if they want to do the split residence or if they want to do uh, you know the the pull pick up and move to a new location? I mean, how do you help kind of people? You know, how many folks usually have this as their goal? And then do you kind of uh, find it to be challenging to help them achieve one of those goals? And how do you go about that? You know, it's probably f- less than 50%, I think, of my clients actually, you know, move in retirement, uh, even do the snowboard bird kind of thing. I have clients that will go down there and rent a house for a couple months as opposed to buying a house down there. Uh, so they'll, they'll just simply rent a house for a couple months, and they do that every year. And it ends up being, you know, they don't have to worry about it. But an advantage of having a house down there, too, if you're from our area, is that if you, you know, become a resident of Florida, then you don't have to pay the state income taxes. So, you know, you're going to lower your tax bill being down there. But at the same token, you know, you got to spend $400 or whatever it is to register your car. Uh, and it's forty bucks up here because they, it's you know they, they get, they get you tax. in other ways. <laughs> yeah, they collect their tax revenue one way or another, but it, it's not through state income taxes. So, you know, the good thing is is that whatever someone feels comfortable with and wants to do, there's usually a way that we can you know make that happen. Very good. If you want to talk to Scott a little bit about that, you can certainly get in touch at eight 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 seven four two zero one one one. If you have a dream retirement location, we'd love to hear about where your dream location is. Uh, You can get in touch by calling or go to skyboxfinancialgroup.com and use the contact page to get in touch with us as well. We'll put contact info in the description of today's show to make that easy on you. Uh, To kind of put a a bow on the conversation, Scott, obviously with your second office location, I kind of feel like maybe I know the answer to this already, but just curious about you. Do you guys have a dream retirement location in mind, or would you stick around the Cleveland area when that time comes? So when you say we, um, I don't know if my wife and my dream retirement location is exactly the same. Ah, I think All the right. we is important, right? <laughs> I, and we're, we're, we're working on that we part, okay? We're working on the we. But uh, I would say mine is down that Sarasota area. I mean, obviously yeah. it makes sense for me from a work standpoint, but it also, it's just beautiful down there. But I would I would do the snowbird thing. I would not live down there year round. I would... I would go down there right after fall, you know, end of October, and I would come back then in March, I think. I, just because it, it does get super hot down there. It's, uh, and for me, I love the Cleveland summers. Yeah. I think I would so. have to be on the water. It would, it would have to be on the water. I'd have to have that constant, easy escape. I would, the only way I could do Florida, I think I would have to have a little boat in the water in the backyard. So I can just hop on and go. I've already been spoiled because that's how we've done the vacations. And, it, and I've already said <laughs> this is the only way that I can actually live here is if, oh, man, I'm so hot. I'm going to hop on the boat and get some breeze. That's, yep. uh, that's about the only way I could do it. Because as soon as we go about like 10 feet inland, it's like, whoo, it's too hot for me. <laughs> so. All right, Mr. Mr. Big Box. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. I, small, small boat. Small boat. <laughs> it's not really the boat. It's the house. Well, that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the harder part. We can, we can get a $2,000 boat and rock and roll all day on the water down there. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Maybe you should just look at, at renting for a little while. Yeah, maybe, maybe. We'll uh, we'll we'll put it on the on the list of dreams. We got, hey, we got plenty of time. We got plenty of time to get there. And I'm yeah. not one to squash your dreams. You go for it. Yeah, buddy. you're trying to squash my dream. What's up with that, Scott? Come <laughs> on, man. 
All we need is one more housing crash, and then we can slide in there right at the right time, you know? That's right. That's right. The thought just, has crossed my mind. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, well, there you have it. All the popular places that people are retiring in 2020. Maybe next year we'll do a follow-up and see if anything on that list changes post-COVID. That could be very interesting. We'll look at 2021 after the end of next year and see uh, have, have a lot of people's minds changed due to COVID, and did it maybe force uh, some new names to pop up on the list there, some new locations? We'll have to see. Uh, well, there you have it. Time to get to know Scott a little bit better on today's show. It's a little segment we like to call Getting to Know You. It's Getting to Know You time. All right, Scott, fun question for you today. What was your first pet? <laughs> well, you know what? I was, I'm trying to remember... I don't know what came first, the dog or the lizard, but uh, I'm pretty. <laughs> <laughs> haven't heard that one before. Oh, uh, man. Well, just wait. I, just wait. I Go think, ahead. I think I'm going with the lizard. Uh, yeah. It was it was a, a, a chameleon and uh, just a little guy. or Maybe it wasn't even a chameleon. I don't know. It was a lizard, and I thought it changed colors, but all I remember is I would pick him up and his tail would fall off. Oh, it's probably a chameleon then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then his tail would fall. So I'd pick him up, and his tail would fall off. <laughs> and he would work so hard to grow that thing back. and then I know, and here's this big jerk. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's back again. Come here, buddy. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was my first pet. We started low. Then we went, then we went with the dog, and uh, you know, I've had a dog ever since. What, what so. was, what was uh, the lizard's name or the chameleon's I cannot, name? I cannot remember the name. I, I I can't, but I mean, I remember. So my, my first pet was also a lizard, uh, okay. t- two of them, uh, Clark and Kent. <laughs> <laughs> At least you remember the name. Well, I guess I'd remember my name if I named them Clark and Kent, too. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I must have been going through a Superman phase or something at the time. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, Clark and Kent. And then we had a couple of hermit crabs cycle through. Apparently, we had cats. For like a short period of time until my mom was like, no, I'm allergic. And then we gave them to an uncle. I don't remember the cats very well. So I don't even count. I wouldn't even count them. Our first dog wasn't until I was like 15, though. We finally got a dog when I was 15 when we moved to the beach. And her name was Minnie. And she was a little rat terrier. So I kind of count her as my first official official pet. Like that's a legit pet is when you get that that dog or cat. There's more responsibility. I mean, you definitely can't count a hermit crab. Yeah, we my parents always had poodles because they didn't want the dogs to shed, and uh, my yeah my first poodle was Buffy. Got it for Christmas one year. Oh, got her for that's Christmas. a good name for a poodle, Buffy. Buffy, and yeah, got her for Christmas. I remember you know my parents you know Santa Claus must have left the dog somewhere, and uh, you know in the in the morning I had opened my other presents and. Uh, out comes this dog that Santa left somewhere in the house. I don't know. But. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. At least yeah. it wasn't wrapped. No. That would no. I, I, she did have a bow. <laughs> did have a bow on her. Okay, good. Good. Uh, yeah, when you give an animal as a present, don't forget to put holes in the, uh, you know, air holes in the wrapping. That, that's a good idea. I'm speaking, from, good ex- idea. speaking from experience. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> it was a fish. But apparently fish still need to breathe and maybe light or something like that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, got, I got my wife a betta fish one time and, uh, you know, how do you wrap a betta fish bowl? So I had it on the counter and then I 
you know, took a box and just cut one end of the box out and right. then, you know, just set it over top of the, uh, of the betta fish. Oh, very but good. I guess technically it sealed off oxygen from being able to get into the water and, and then it was surprise, open, lift the box up and bloop, fish upside down at the top of the water. So. <laughs> Wait. Wait, did you have this thing like wrapped for like three weeks or no, something? No, it was only for like a day, I think. It was like in that, that morning I covered it up. Wow. So I guess maybe it didn't start. I mean, maybe it did starve of oxygen. It could have obviously been something totally different, but some other reason. I don't know. But we went to the store right after that and got a new one. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he survived for a long time. So Okay. Good. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, pet stories. Always fun. We'll have to get into my hamster stories someday. Not today. Oh. But, uh, always they they provide many many entertaining stories uh good old hamsters all right that's getting to know scott Searles a little bit better chameleons and uh buffy the poodle first pets in scott's yes. life all right let's uh get to answering one of your questions we've got to do at least some financial talk on today's show so let's see if we can help out our question asker today it's time for the mailbag we want to hear from you All right, so Thad is asking our question. Thad says, I'm trying to get to the $1 million mark in my savings before I retire in a few years. So I started a consulting company on the side to earn extra income. Is there anything I should be doing to save money on taxes with this new income? Well, Thad, that's absolutely a good question. I'm curious though, Thad, how did you come up with that million dollar mark? Was that just a arbitrary pick it out of the air million dollars sounds great. I'm going to be a millionaire when I retire. I don't know if that's enough for you or not. You'll have to, you definitely need to do a financial plan first of all, and make sure that that's going to be able to be enough for you to live the way you would like in your retirement. But with that aside, yes. So you've started your own company and that gives you a bunch of different opportunities and different things available as far as being able to save money for retirement that you're not wouldn't ordinarily have. So depending on how much of your earnings that you need in uh, to take home, you can actually utilize a solo 401k plan and you can put up to $26,000 into your retirement plan a year. Well, that's the 2021 number, I assume. But you can put $26,000 a year and you can put it in as Roth. It's not going to reduce your taxes now. If you wanted to reduce your taxes now, you would put that money in as a regular IRA. But I would make the argument that over the long term, you're better off paying taxes now at historically low tax rates instead of deferring where the chances are the tax rates are going to go higher in the future. So you can use stuff like that where you can simply use that Roth or regular solo 401k and make contributions into that uh, retirement plan. And you know, that will allow you to kind of speed up your savings on a tax-free or tax-deferred basis. It's a really good question, but it's always the, uh, the assumed part of the question from somebody that's not the actual question that seems to like latch onto your attention. Like you're, you're cluing into the $1 million mark is really maybe the even more important part of this question. Like, why is that the number? So that's pretty well, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people, they, they just say, hey, I want to have a million dollars, not yeah. knowing if that's really enough for them or not. Maybe it's too much. Maybe he doesn't need a million. You know, you know maybe you know, he's just doing a consulting job. He may enjoy doing it, but he may not necessarily. He could move down to Sarasota tomorrow. That's right. And, unless, he, uh, unless he wants that waterfront 
house with the boat in the backyard, then maybe it does need to be a million. Then you'll need, well, probably more <laughs> like 10. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think, you know, so that, yeah, that was the first thing that caught my attention is, is, you know, is a million what you need? And then once you determine that, then you can develop that strategy and what's the most tax efficient way for you to start making those contributions and, and saving that extra money you're going to need to get to the million. And, you know, the other point is, is I don't know how close he is to a million. If, you're, if you've got 200 grand now, it's a lot harder to get to a million than if you've got $950,000. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, but that, hey, I... Definitely want to make sure that you want to have the retirement you want, and there's a bunch of different ways you can save and accumulate that money in a tax-free way. You know, probably a good idea would be to hop on my website and order my tax-free retirement toolkit, and it'll, it'll give you some good ideas in there. You can do that by going to skyboxfinancialgroup.com or just check the description or the show notes section of today's show. We'll have a link there where you can go get that retirement rescue toolkit. You can also schedule a time to meet with Scott right now by going to talktoscott.com. That's talktoscott.com, and you can schedule a time to chat a little bit more in detail about your situation. Great question, Thad. Thank you for submitting that one to us today. Just sitting at home with nothing to do. It's time for the shelter-in-place movie TV review. Well, we love to end every show with uh, a little movie or TV recommendation or review here for you on the Retirement Toolbox. And Scott, I took you up on uh, watching the um, uh, Hoobie or Hubie Halloween that you recommended. Hubie Halloween, yes, yes. So we did end up watching that as our Halloween movie pick, and it was was pretty good. Yeah, it's like a goofy, funny thing. Goofy Adam Sandler show. Yeah, it was good. We liked it. I'll, uh, in the spirit of today's show, I have a, I don't know, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit this, but uh, after our trip down to the Bradenton, Sarasota area, so this fits in very nicely with our conversation today, uh, a friend of mine told me about the show Siesta Key, because he said, mm-hmm. oh, if you guys really like that area, you should check out the show Siesta Key. It's right near where you guys were hanging out. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like one of these reality TV shows about a bunch of rich people who live at the beach. It's like The Hills, if you ever heard of The Hills on MTV back in the day. But it's in Florida and with this group of friends, and it just follows their lives and all the drama that surrounds it. We started watching it just for the enjoyment of the scenery because we were so missing from our vacation the beautiful scenery down in in that area. So we started watching it just for the scenery, but then we got totally hooked into all the drama. So... (laughs) That's my t- that's my TV review, and I don't know if I want to say recommendation, but um, it was it was good mindless TV and entertainment. So there you go. But anyway, that was on my list. How about you? So I'm going to go with something uh, I started watching. We haven't finished it yet because it's a it's a network show on ABC called Big Sky. Oh yeah, I heard that that was really good. The the preview looked good. Yeah, so it's you know it comes out every week, so you know we're just a, a few weeks into this thing, but it, it's really good. It's a basically a story about you know there's this guy that's kidnapping people, and he's got other people involved in the in the city, and he kidnaps a couple girls whose uh, parents are you know private eyes, and they go looking for them and uncovering all this sinister happenings. And it's a really good show, Big Sky, if you like that type of, of, of show. That's very cool. 
yeah, it looks really good. I look. I'm going to check that one out for sure. I'm going to add it to uh, add it to the list. So there you go. A couple of good uh, TV. Uh, again, I won't say recommendations today. But no, no. A, a review. I liked the scenery in Siesta Key, and I don't mean that in a like code word way. Like the actual. <laughs> The actual scenery in Siesta Key, uh, because we had just vacationed there, it was fun. And the, fun to see. The average viewer age of your favorite show is <laughs> sixteen. Yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> we we felt uh, each night my wife and I would watch it. We would look at each other, and go, "I can't believe we're watching this show." But we we were we got hooked at some point. We we're like, "Well, we're already into it. Let's just keep watching it." So we were along for the the ride with Alex and Chloe. It's uh, it a fun times. In any event, it made us feel like we were back vacationing there, which was nice. Uh, that's going to wrap up the show. I think we set a new record today, Scott. We stopped talking about financial stuff, and we found out that you and I can talk about pretty much anything for wow. as, as long as we want to go. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully people stayed all the way to the end here. I think people had just as much fun as we did talking about all this stuff today. I, so. I hope so. I hope so. Absolutely. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll get back to some financial talk on the next episode. Uh, but until then, have a good week, and we'll talk soon. Thanks. You too, Walter. All right. That's Scott Searles. I'm Walter Sorholt. This has been the Retirement Toolbox Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. If you stuck with us this long, you definitely must be a subscriber or need to go hit that subscribe button on your favorite app so you never miss an episode in the future because you're you're a hardcore fan if you made it to the end today. Uh, Thanks for sticking with us and joining us. We'll talk to you next time right back here on the Retirement Toolbox. Go Bucks. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.